So first of all, this is the uh, first time I've ever come here that I didn't have to bench Goimel when I got here. See, I come from the east on 285. And you know that when you come off of 285 onto 400 and you had to get off immediately on Glenridge, and whenever you manage to maneuver that, it certainly had to bench Goimel, right? So now, actually, they've actually changed it, and it was, it was actually like, you know, I didn't feel that my life was in my hands as, you know, I was waiting for that moment of, uh, that moment of excitement, and it didn't happen. Baruch Hashem, it's, it's good not to have moments of excitement. In the future, just hang down for Yeah, right, that's the other way to do it. Right, okay, so, um, <clears throat> so I was just speaking to my friend here, and we just heard, I just heard about Mrs. Shapiro, whose name is, again, tell me? Aviva Galia Basima. Aviva Galia Basima. So we'll learn, we'll learn Torah, L'schus Rufua Shlema for Aviva Galia Basima. Mirza Shem Shehapim Bekarov. So the, so we all know that it says, there's a mitzvah, Basu V'chalav, we don't mix milk and meat. That's, you know, really a cornerstone of any Jewish kitchen and uh, our Jewish life. You don't mix milk and meat. Everyone's got, this is my milk kitchen, my flesh kitchen, and all this type of stuff. First of all, you know, everyone needs to know that we all have beautiful milk kitchens and milk sinks and flesh sinks and milk ovens and flesh ovens and all that. You know, nobody's grandmother had a milk sink and a flashic sink and nobody's grandmother had two ovens you're lucky if you go back a, a century if they even had an oven much less milchic ovens and flashic ovens and all that so you know we live like in the lap of luxury today and we've got all this milchics and flashics and everything separated and milchics over there and flashics over there but milchics and flashics keeping milk and meat separate is a very big part. It's like a cornerstone. It's like milk and meat. What do Jews do? They don't mix milk and meat, and they don't eat chazer. That's, you know, ask anyone what says. So <clears throat> when you take a look at the mitzvah as it appears in the Torah, it's strange. It's strange for two reasons. It's strange because the Torah never says not to eat milk and meat. The Torah says... Lo savashel gidi bechalevimo. Don't cook a kid goat in its mother's milk. And from that, we're supposed to understand that we don't eat milk and meat together. Lo savashel, it says, don't cook it. So I would think maybe we don't cook it. Who says we shouldn't eat it? Not only that, the Torah says it three times. And not only that, of the three times that it says it, the first and the second time are completely without any context. You should bring the first of your bikurim to Hashem. Don't cook a kid going to the mouth. What does that have to do with anything? I'm, I'm, I'm bringing bikurim to the base of Mikdash to give to the Kohen, and I don't mix milk and meat. Bikurim, milk and meat. So, the first two times, no context. The third time, a bit of context. 
The third time's already in Parshas Re'e, in Devarim Perak Yudalid. So, you know, if we wanted to make like a whole morning shear out of this, we'd look up each of the Makaras as we're going, but I'm just like going to toss them out here for you. But most of this everyone's pretty much familiar with. It says over there, it talks about the things that we're not supposed to eat and we are supposed to eat. And it talks about which, the simonim of the different behemoths. Then it says nevela. You don't eat a nevela. That means if it wasn't shechted properly. And then the last thing it says, don't cook a kid goat in his mother's milk. And by the way, another thing's kind of interesting. All three times it says in the Torah, don't cook a kid in his mother's milk. It's always at the end of an aliyah. It's always at the end of an aliyah. All three of them are at the end of an aliyah. Now, <clears throat> if there is a pasuk that you're familiar with in the Torah, which psukim are we most familiar with? It's always the one at the end of the aliyah. You know, at the end of the aliyah, like they're leaning along, and everyone goes, everyone, you know. So, you know, it's interesting that that pasuk Three times in three different places. It's always at the end of Aliyah. That's the puzzle that everyone is like really familiar with. You know, that's the one that sticks out in your mind. Everyone usually chimes in. You can't hear the Balkari because everyone's like chiming in and all that. So the question really is pretty obvious. What is, why did the Torah say, Lo Savashel Gedibachalevimo? If the purpose is not to eat it, and it says it three times. So as we're going to see, and I'll, I'll tell you the Rambam, here's how the Rambam says it. Rambam, when he says this halacha, it's in, it's in um, Perak Tes of Hilchas Macholos Asuros. So the Rambam says, Azoi, Basar Bechalo, Basar Levashlo. Milk and meat. You may not cook it. And you may not eat it. Those two are from the Torah. And then he says, And it's also to have any benefit from it, which means that you can't feed it to your dog. By the way, check that out. If you have a dog, if you have a cat, look at the food. Read the ingredients. Read the ingredients on your dog food or your cat food. Very often, you'll see in the ingredients, it has milk products and meat products, and you're not allowed to serve that to your dog. Not because your dog can't eat it, it's because you can't benefit from it, and you're benefiting from it. Yeah. <clears throat> Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I, you know... I don't know. First of all, I'm not a pet owner, so I don't really know. I don't know. I mean, certainly the pets seem to think it tastes good, you know. So, yeah, okay, I don't know. Uh, anyway, they have to be very careful about things like that. So if you made bus for chalav, you can't give it to your neighbor. Let's say you had an accident happened and some bus fell and some chalav fell into your bus or whatever it is. So you say, well, okay, I'll give it to my neighbor. It's a pity to throw the whole thing out. You know, if you, some milk fell into the chunk. It's a big, beautiful chunk. So on Shabbos, I'll give it to the cleaning guy who comes and cleans the shul. I'll just give it to him. No, you can't give it to him because he's happy and he think, he's, he's thankful. That's benefiting from the Bosvachalov. You can't do it. 
So, interestingly though, the Rambam here says, it says, so this is a Gemara and Chulin. Gemara and Chulin, Dafkov Tesvav, says, actually for, for about a blot and a half, the Gemara goes through, has the question, how do we know that you can't eat Basar Becholov? How do we know that you can't eat it? That's the question. Because the Torah said three times don't cook it. So, and we know the main thing is, you know, the main story is eating it. Where do you even see you can't eat it? So the Gomorrah comes up with um, um, five, as I recall, five different um, sources to show from the Psukim that you can't eat Basar V'chalav either. The one that we ultimately rely on is Rabbi Shmuel, one of those five opinions. And Rabbi Shmuel says like this, it says three times in the Torah, one of them is to tell you you can't cook. And one of them is to tell you, well, now I already know you can't cook. So the second one is to tell you you can't eat it. And now I know you can't cook and you can't eat it. Why did you say it the third time? The third time is to tell you you can't even get benefit from it. That's the baseline uh, limud. When we look at the Rambam, the Rambam here says, you can't eat it, you can't cook it, and you can't eat it from the Torah. And it's usur in hana. Well, what does that mean? It's usur to cook it and usur to eat it from the Torah, and it's usur bahana. What do you mean? If it's there's three times in the Torah, cooking, eating, hana, benefit. Three times in the Torah. So, three, so it should be asr la'achlo, asr la'vashlo, asr la'naso, mina Torah. Two times he says it's from the Torah, and then one time it's just asr. And if it's not from the Torah, then where did the asr come from? So the Rambam, it's a strange lotion here. By the way, and he says, so you have to bury it and all that. Okay. So, <clears throat> so it's strange why the Rambam makes them, there's three times in the Torah, the Gemara says one for cooking, one for eating, one for hana, and yet the Rambam seems to focus on the cooking and eating from the Torah, and the hana, he says, is usur, but not from the Torah. So the Rambam also wrote a Sefer Mitzvos. Rambam Sefer Mitzvos, which... He wrote, by the way, before he wrote the Mishnah Torah, the Rambam wrote up the Sefer HaMitzvos. And the Sefer HaMitzvos, the purpose of the Sefer HaMitzvos, the Rambam really felt was before he presents to the world all the halachos in the Torah, <clears throat> he first wants everyone to be familiar with the Tariag Mitzvos. He wrote it in Arabic. The Arabic was later on translated to Hebrew, and then the Hebrew was translated to many languages, right? And many people use this Arabic, the classic translation from the original Arabic. In more recent times, it's very interesting, there was a fellow, a Rav, named Kapach. And you've probably seen it, some of these Rambams, they'll say Kapach in the front, you know, the Kapach edition. Kapach was an Egyptian. Yeah. Huh? Kapach was Taimani? Okay. 
So Kapach was a native Arab speaker. So Kapach went back to the Rambam and he said, I'm going to, re- I'm going to translate the Rambam again. As an Arab speaker, he went back to the original Arabic and he retranslated the Rambam. And um, he said, many of the problems that we have in the Sefer Mitzvahs can be attributed to, to poor translation from Arabic. And therefore, he upgraded that. Although I'm not going like, to get into that uh, today. That's not what we're going to focus on. Okay, but let's take a look at this, um, at this Rambam. So, <clears throat> the Rambam, you have, it says, negative commandment, one, Mitzvah 187. Um, if you want the English, if a, a couple of, after the Hebrew, the English starts on page uh, four. It says page four of seven. So, um, you can follow along in the English or in the Hebrew. You know, like I said, the English, if you just turn ahead a couple of pages, you catch the English. So what I would like, just like to do right now is just learn for you this Rambam. I think it's a very fundamental Rambam. And then I want to contrast it with a Sefer HaChinuch. So the Rambam says like this. He's Hiranu Mi'echol Bosov We have been uh, prohibited from eating milk and meat. V'hu Amro Gamkein Lo And the Torah says also, don't cook it. Now that's pretty interesting right there. What do you mean the Torah says also? The Torah didn't say also. The Torah said don't cook it. What do you mean the Torah said also don't cook it? The Torah said don't cook it. What do you mean also? Pam Sheni, second time. Rotsalomer, Israchila, and that's where it says prohibited eating. Uvachulin Amru, and the Gemara and Chulin said that I was just talking about you can get makos for eating it, for cooking it, and makos for eating it. No mention of Hana. In the Gemara, makos, it says, Amru, the Gemara in Makos has a fascinating thing where, you know, how many things, how many things are wrong with this picture? So they have a guy, he cooked, uh, he cooked Gida Noshem with milk and he did it on Yom Tov, you know. So he gets Chamesh Malkios, Mishum Ochel Gida Noshem, Mishum Avashel B'Yom Tov, Mishum Avashel Bosu B'Cholov, Mishum Ochel Bosu B'Cholov, Mishum Havara. Visham Amru Afik Havara Vayal Atzei Hegdish and find all that. Vazarose Miach Vashem Tisu Vameish Lusasun Kein Lashem Lakechem. Okay. V'gumar Chulin Amru. Afke Rachman Lachila Bloshen Bishol. Here's what the Gemara said. Why does the Torah want us to not eat it and yet the Torah says don't cook it? This is what the Rambam say. Why if the Torah wanted us to not eat it did the Torah say, don't cook it? Dichihechi di'i boshel loki achila nami loki. They wanted to tell you that just like when you cook it, you get makos, so too when you eat it, you get makos. Okay, that's why the Torah wanted to say, cooking it, because cooking it gets makos, so eating it gets makos. Still seems a little fuzzy. What exactly, what's the Rambam trying to say here? So, Uvesheni mi Psachim, in the second pair of Psachim, Amru lahachilo kosva rachbana babasva chalav achila lehedya. Why did the Torah not say eating specifically? Especially if the Torah is going to say it three times. One time it should have said, don't cook. 
Another time it says, don't eat. And the third time, don't benefit. That would have been nice and simple. Why did the Torah have to be so confusing? So, Lomar Shalokim Alav Afil Shalokidar Chanasav Zacharzeh. So it says, no, the reason why it wanted to tell you this is to tell you if it said eating it, you would have thought only if I benefit from it in a normal way, like eating it. So therefore, Natari said, no. Not only you're going to benefit, if you, even if you cook it, you're going to get makos. And then, as it's going to say in a minute, not only if you cook it, you get makos, even if you benefit from it, and in any way. So the Torah avoided the word eating. He says the Torah avoided the word eating because you would have thought it has to be normal benefit. But let's say I made some basar v'chalof, mixed up a nice batch of basar v'chalof, and the door is squeaking. Every time someone walks in and out, the door squeaks. So I take my basar v'chalof, and I go over to the door, and I you know, put it in a little WD-40 you know, canister, and I spritz it on the hinges. Now it's not squeaking anymore. Right? So I say, well, that's a pretty unusual way of basar v'chalof. So I might think that's okay, because that's... So out there. So he said, no, the Torah avoided the word achila, so you should know you can't benefit from it even in strange ways. Okay. Hana. Yeah, yeah, that's Hana, right. But you might have thought there's Hana has got to be in a normal way of Hana, like feeding it to your friend or feeding it to the dog. How about if it's a real out there type of Hana, like you know, who would think Basar V'chalav is a, to be used to, like, uh, spray on the hinges of the door? So therefore, the Hana, they avoid the word Achila so that you understand that Hana is even any type of Hana. Can you, can you only stock a corporation that sells... Basar V'chalav, yeah, I don't know. Ramosha Feinstein has a bunch of chivas about that. Yeah, I don't know. That, I don't know. I know, I know there's a bunch of factors. How much is it? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I do. I. I mean, uh, I have some some memories of the idea of like that there's a difference whether that's their primary product. Like, do they sell? Yeah. Yeah. So, by the yeah, okay. So, by the way, this, this is a whole huge sugya. This is a whole huge sugya. And as a matter of fact, there's even that, you know, if we were going to make this a series, you know, so next Sunday, we'd say, what does Bishel mean? Does Bishel mean cooking? Or does Bishel mean roasting? Let's say I take a burger, and I lay it on a grill, and I put a piece of American cheese on top of it. Is that Bishel? Well, in a general sense, yes, but in a specific sense, no. Because Bishel is usually in a pot with water, you know. So what does Bishel mean? So we got, you know, this is a really interesting thing about Basar V'chalav. This is all in the side. The Torah says, Lo Sevashel Gedi V'chalev Imo. That's five words. Can you imagine? The entire body of Basar V'chalav is such a big deal in our lives. It's five words. And since those are the only five words we have, the Gomorrah works each one of those words over and over and over. What do you mean Gedi? What do you mean Savashel? 
What do you mean emo? I mean, every, every single word is like elaborated on extensively. Okay, but... Yeah. Why not just give it to us all that's all right. Else? That's right. So the Rambam now is going to tell us a nice use And that's right. It, it exactly. Exactly. This is this is the whole reason. This is you know, do you think I came to talk about Bosbachal? No. No. I came to talk about base medrash. Talking about base medrash. Why are you sitting here learning Torah? Right? If there was just books, you know, read, 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 read what he said. No. The Pilpulo Shaltara means that you have to dig in and figure it out. The Rabbani Shalom wanted you to engage your head in the process of figuring it out. Why does he want you to do that? Come on, make it simple. Just tell me the rules. You know why? If you tell me the rules, it's like your mother said. Mother said, put on a scarf when you go outside. Put on a scarf. And you know what you did? You didn't put on the scarf, but you put it on when you went out the door. As soon as you got out the door, you threw it away. And when you came home, where's your scarf? Oh, I don't know, I lost it, right? So that's at least if you lived in a northern climate where it was cold. Right. Yeah. Right. That's true, but you know. So. Yeah, that, that's true, but the afterwards wasn't so long later. You know, already by the Bimei Avelo Shel Moshe, when Moshe died during the Avelos of Moshe, they lost thousands upon thousands of halachos. And Osniel Ben Kenaz came along and brought them back through his learning. Yeah, they weren't eating Basu Bechal. Right. And then someone will say to you, why don't we do that? So you'll say, because it says Beferish in the Torah, So someone will say to you, like this, I was just on a plane, a plane a week or so ago. I'm sitting on a plane, and a guy turns to me and he says, Are you familiar with the Old Testament? I wonder why he asked me that question of all things. So I said to him, This is your lucky day. I happen to be the foremost expert in the Old Testament on this plane. <laughs> so um, anyway, and the guy actually had a pretty good kasha, by the way. He had a good kasha. He had a kasha that's been bothering him for a long time. He wanted to know, it said the nachash bites you in the heel. I only say this because it was just a, a, yesterday's parsha. The nachash bites you in the heel, and, and Yaakov is holding on to the uh, cave Esav. So why, you know, he wanted to know what the connection is between those two. I, okay, for a guy, you know. Interesting kasha. And actually, you know, I was really intrigued by it. Later on, I found actually even a, a, a hekish in the gematria that, that links Ganadin to, to Akave and everything like that. Anyway, okay. But the, the, the point here is that we, we are supposed to be mafalpel in the Torah. We're supposed to work it through and, and work it out because you could have things be but you don't own it.
But when you learned it through and you figured it out on your own, it's now part of you. It's, it's literally part, it's in your kishkas, it's part of your genes, it's, it's, it becomes part of your DNA. And that's where we want the Torah to be. It wanted to be in you. So you have to put your mind into it when you work on it and you figure it out. Yes, someone could tell you terrorists, but when you figure it out yourself, it becomes you. Listen to what the Rambam says. Uvakan roi li she'ermos al shorish godol shelo kadam li zichro. He's already up to mitzvah 187. Lo sase, lo say number 187 out of, out of 365. And he says, at this point, I want to tell you about something that I haven't had an opportunity to mention just yet. Rambam says, V'zeh she'amro, lo sevashel gedi nichbal b'torah shalosh pamim. And they said they repeated lo sevashel gedi three times in the Torah, it's repeated. V'amar melamed shekol lav mehem le'inyan amru. Each time it said, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. Each one of them has its own meaning. Echad l'achila v'echad l'bishel v'echad l'hanna. Ulamaksha, and to the person who'll ask the question, Shiyiksha, the Yomer, and he'll say, Leiza Dover Manisa Isr Achilo Bishel Shte Mitzvos, Velotimna Isr Hana Mitzvah Bifneyatsma. The Rambam's counting up the mitzvahs. Everybody knows. Gamor and Makos, there are 613 mitzvahs, Tariq mitzvahs. Everybody knows that. There has to be Tariq mitzvahs. Otherwise, how would you get into the front gate? of any shul or school in the country, right? If you didn't know the number 613, you'd never know the code. It's either 613 pound or pound 613, every, you know, it's all, we're so smart, you know? So 613 is a fact. Gumar said there's 613 mitzvahs. The Masora we have, we're makabal that, there's 613 mitzvahs. Now, how do you count? What are the 613? Okay, there's is there. Famously, Rambam, Ramban, others, but you know, how do you count them up? Machlokas. But 613 there is. So you'll say to me, says the Rambam, you counted one of them cooking, and you counted another of the 613 eating. But you didn't count Hana'ah benefiting as a separate mitzvah in the Taryag. As a matter of fact, if you look at the page here, negative. Commandment 186. We've been commanded, Hizarinu milavashel basvachal, not to cook. 187, Hizarinu milachal, not to eat. And I guess what? 188 is onto a whole new topic. There isn't a third mitzvah, according to Rama. There is no third mitzvah about Hana. So he says, You're going to say to me, How do you figure that out like that? What, what's, your, what's your method? So he says, the one who asked that question needs to know. The, the benefit, the, the prohibition of benefit does not deserve its own mitzvah. Because eating and benefiting is one and the same. I mean, when you benefit, when you eat, you benefit. And there's a lot of different ways of benefit. But benefit is one general topic, which primarily means eating. When you're talking about food, primarily it means eating. Eating is one type of benefit. Matter of fact, 
When you're talking about food, it's the primary form of benefit. Okay? The Amru Bidover Shuhulo Yochal Omnam Hudimyon Midimyone Ana. It's just one of the examples of benefiting and a popular example of benefiting. And what it really means is don't benefit in any way, but primarily eating. If the Torah says don't eat it, that means don't eat it and don't benefit from it. Sometimes the Torah says you can't benefit from it. Like Nevela. If it turns out to be bad shkita, you can sell it to a guy. Therefore he said, there really is no difference between hana'a, benefit, and eating. It's really all in one family. Eating is the primary form of benefit, and then there's a whole bunch of other benefits, but eating really means the benefit family. If we're going to do that, we should do chametz and orla and all that. Now, jump down a few lines, if you would. He says, V'nishir b'kan she'la achas levad. He says, I'm left with one question. V'hi, ki yesh lomar, she'omar achar yisrana, yegim yisrachilal, eze davar ha'yitzarch ha'kosuv, elav abbas v'cholav, lesrana, k'moshu b'yarna. So, why did the Torah, he have to uh, prohibit for us the Yisr Hana separately, if it's part of eating. Okay, because since it didn't say eating, it really needed to separate the two. Now, um, okay, so we could stop with that. Now, let me give you one other... Let me just give you one other um, point here. So, uh, the, so the Rambam asks this kasha in Hilchas Machalos Asuros. And this is what the Rambam says. Lo shasa Why was the Torah quiet when it came to prohibited eating? So he says, Elam Ibnesha it prohibited cooking. Klomer, that means to say, this is the way the Rambam reads the Torah. <clears throat> when the Torah said, don't cook it, the Torah was saying, you can't even cook it. That's what the Torah was saying, you can't even cook it. That's what saying, you know how bad Basar V'cholav is? You can't even cook it. It's bad to eat it, and therefore it's so bad to eat it that the Torah doesn't even want you to cook it, because if you cook it, now you have it, and you might eat it, and therefore, what the Torah is really after is don't eat it, but the Torah super wants you to avoid eating it, and therefore the Torah said, ah, feel don't even cook it. Don't even say eat it. Huh? Don't only say it once. You don't have to say it, don't eat it afterwards. What? Yeah, that, that's right. But if the Torah said only one time, you might have thought, go the other direction, you might have thought that the Torah has some specific hang up on cooking, not to cook, 
So therefore the Torah repeated it to say, no, it's, it's eating. Well, if it's eating, then why not just tell me eating? So now it becomes even cooking. That's the way the Rambam understands it. Even cooking. So bad, don't even cook it. That's the way he reads the Pasuk in the Torah. Uh, let me just read his Lushen one more time. Klomar, that means to say, va'afilu bishulo aser, even cooking is aser. Ve'in sarach lomar lach achiloso, and certainly not eating it, k'moshishasak milaser abbas, me'achishasar abbas abbas. Which he says, he brings in this thing, he says, you know, in the Torah it never says you can't sleep, a person is not allowed to sleep with their daughter. Torah says a person is not allowed to sleep with their granddaughter. And we say, well, if you can't sleep with your granddaughter, certainly can't sleep with your daughter. Right? But the Torah never says daughter. It just goes right to granddaughter, and then you figure out from there, well, for sure not my daughter, if it can't be the granddaughter. Okay? Now, so, therefore, what we got from this Rambam, and I know I'm just kind of zooming through this, but I want to show you a great contrast in the Sefer HaChinuch. So what we have in this Rambam is that the, the, the reason why it said cook is to show you how bad it is to eat that we don't even want you to cook it. That's why the Torah says cooking. Because it's, really it's all about eating. The key is eating. But the Torah said even cooking, because cooking is so, so bad, don't even cook it. Well, because... Of course, don't even have it exist, and then you can't eat it. Okay, now, here along comes the Sefer HaChinuch. We turn to one of the later um, pages. It's one of six, it says here. And actually, two of six. So the, the mitzvah is, Shalom, Levashel, Basar, Bechalov. And, well, the Rambam starts, he says, Shalom, Levashel, Basar, Bechalov. Okay. Don't cook it, and then it says, and then it says, uh, what do you mean? What animals, and so on and so forth. Gedi means really all kosher animals, and so on. So, on the next page, he says, Mishor Sheha Mitzvah. The root of this mitzvah, just to show you how, the, just to contrast this chinuch, and with this, I'll wrap up. Mishor She Mitzvah Zu. The root of this mitzvah is. He understands this to be like the mitzvah of witchcraft. But you didn't see that one coming. Like, oh yeah, Basva Khalaf, sure, it's like witchcraft. Witchcraft? Who's talking about witchcraft? Where, where, where did witchcraft come from? What are you talking about? There are things in this world that are not supposed to mix. Certain things don't mix. You never mix them together. Mets fans and Yankees fans. Like you don't, they don't mix. Okay. Yeah, right. Certain things. Now, and what is Kishuf all about? What's Kishuf that's prohibited by the Torah? Kishif, you take this and that, you know, like, uh, what's his name? Uh, Shakespeare. Double, double, toil and trouble, cauldron burn. They can throw in the eye of Newt and da, 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 and you mix it together. There's certain things that are not supposed to mix, and witchcraft, Kishif, is all about taking different forces in the world 
and mixing them together in such a way as to create things that the Abishter does not want in the world. He doesn't want this thing in the world. Now you take this and that. He likes this is good and that is good. Put them together, bad, bad. You mix them together, you're creating a new thing in this world. It shouldn't be. So he said, just like Kishuf, Kiyesh, so he says, he says, that's what he sees, mixing milk and meat. Meat is a good thing. Milk is a good thing. You mix them together. And by the way, how do you mix them together? You have to cook them so that they, you know, integrate with each other. That's horrible. That's like, that's like witchcraft people do that. They take forces in the world and they mix them together to cause like you know nuclear reactions that, that unleash all kinds of horrible power so he says, the whole idea of the mixture and many taruvos, when you mix things, you know, kosher and treif and things like that, it's the mixing. And he says, <clears throat> Mixing it together gets makos even if you didn't even eat it. And you see that by other things. So therefore, he said the same thing here. <clears throat> that's why, that's why he says, the Torah said bishel. The Torah says don't cook it. You know why? The real problem, the real yesod, with, you know what's really wrong about Basavachalov? Don't is the cooking of it. The cooking of it takes forces in this world and mixes them together and makes bad things in the world. Now, of course, if it's making such bad things, certainly you're not going to eat it. Right? You're not going to eat such a horrible thing. The real issue, though, is cooking it. And then, of course, you don't eat it. See, so here the difference between the Rambam and the Chinuch. The Rambam says. The iser is to eat it. To ingest bozbechalov, that's a horrible thing. And the Torah wants you to be so careful not to eat it that the Torah said, don't even cook it, so it shouldn't even be around to be eaten. So when the Torah said, lo sevashel, they're telling you, how bad is it to eat it? I don't even want you to cook it. Chinuch says, farkert. The Torah said, lo sevashel, you know why? Cooking is horrible. Cooking is a horrible thing to do. Don't cook it, don't cook it, don't cook it. And of course you're not going to eat it. You want to eat such a horrible thing that the, the, the Rosh Hashanah doesn't want such things to be mixed in the world and you're going to eat it? Horrible. Right? Two different approaches. It's interesting because of this, and I'm sorry, I don't have time to really work it through, but therefore the Rambam, that's why the Rambam put Isr Hana'ah benefit just together in the eating. Because according to the Rambam, the main thing is all about the eating, and the eating subsumes all types of benefit. But it's primarily all about eating. And other types of benefit are secondary, but not really the same, and therefore you're not going to get makos for other types of benefit. Because the main thing is the Torah doesn't want you to eat it. 
Now, you will get makos for cooking it because the Torah said explicitly, don't cook it. So if the Torah said don't cook it, then you're going to get makos for it. But the Torah didn't say benefit, and benefit is not really the main problem. For that, you're not going to get makos. It would seem to me that there's two other Sefer. The Sefer Chenek has three mitzvahs, by the way. So he's going to learn also, he's going to learn that you can, you can get makos for all three. But the primary yisr is cooking it. Cooking it is what's really wrong because you undermine the world by taking milk and cooking it with meat that undermines the way the Rebbe wants this world to work. And therefore, of course, you're not going to eat it. And of course, you're not going to benefit from it. How can you benefit from such an evil thing that the Rebbe doesn't want to have in the world? How can you take any benefit from it? And for sure, you're not going to eat it. Okay. <clears throat> it's interesting that he brings the Rebbe and Merna Vachma to the Nelson. Huh? He brings the Merna Vachma to the Nelson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has the Merna. He says, I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What's your name? Sviki. 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 Sviki.